0: You are listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast, where we discuss things that matter and argue about things that don't. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello. Before we start the show, we'd love to hear what you think about our podcast. If you're listening to podcasts on iTunes, uh, please leave us a review and tell us what you think or wherever you happen to be listening. The feedback is really helpful. Now on to the show. When it's time to party, we will party hard.
2: Everybody, it's the according to technical rules podcast. My name is Sam Jack, and I am joined here, as always, by my good friend and co-host Matt. Yes, <laughs> uh, but today I am
1: also joined uh, by my lovely wife Hannah. Hello. And by my lovely wife Alana.
3: Oh, hello.
1: Hey guys! So uh, we're it's a we're doing another roundtable
2: episode. Mm. So you might remember the last one uh, we did was uh, music, la musica.
1: Yeah, that was uh, episode episode the last episode of season one, episode ten. Gotcha. It's a good one. You should listen to it if you haven't. Yeah. How, so how how is everybody? How's everybody doing? How's everybody feel?
3: Feeling good. I spent the afternoon kayaking with my buddy Jared. And it was so relaxing. We got done, and we were like, "It's nap time now." Mm. So I'm feeling a bit relaxed.
2: I've cool. seen people like in the river, like laying back in their kayaks, kind of looking like they're taking naps. We do that. Oh, nice. oh do you? <laughs> nice.
3: <laughs> when we didn't feel like we were going to die. Well, yeah. <laughs> going over <laughs> small rapids.
2: It rained last night and this morning. Yes, so. it did. I'm glad you're you're you know
1: safe. Yeah. Alana, how how was your afternoon?
0: Oh, it's just grand. I spent it at the Joplin Public Library reading the books. Hey,
1: why you By reading books, books,
0: I mean book, textbook. I am I'm, I'm enrolled in a social work master's program. So all I do now is read and write papers.
1: That's actually all she does. <laughs> like it's, and I, I'm like, hey, Alana, like, can I get a hug? And she's like, Matt, if I don't read this page, I'm not going to pass. And so I say, okay, I'll get a hug later. It's fine. Um, but she is, she's been working really hard. I'm very proud of her. She's been doing, she's been such a studious student.
0: The lack of hugs are working. I am still passing classes. <laughs> so we're winning right I now. I don't know
1: if that's a fallacious correlation. Um, but lack of hugs, passing grades. I don't think she wants to jinx it. So huh. yeah, grad school's alone. grad school's no joke.
0: No, it is so not.
1: That's
2: tough. Uh, I spent the day. I took a group of uh, elementary and middle school students to a math competition, which is way less boring than it sounds. Um, so the students did really good. We had a good time. It's good. And, did uh, the
1: students do well? Yeah,
2: yeah, good. they did good. We had. Uh, I think one of our students placed first overall. Whoa! I would say that's pretty good. Thanks yeah, so. I'm pretty happy about that's that. Good. Yeah. That's I spent some time. Uh, they have a grading room you guys
1: know about this? No. I was assuming yeah, so if it's a you, room where yeah. grades happen.
2: If you go to a math competition, and especially if you're a teacher, you're kind of expected to help out in some way. Right. Uh, so it's either proctoring, um, which means reading the same rules 55 times and still having someone say, oh, what was that? Uh, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you go into the grading room where if it's a good school, they have prepared for you a buffet of treats and mm. drinks. Uh, and yes. you, and they just basically like throw uh, reams of, of papers at you and you go through and check them one at a time. Um, Oof. yeah, so that was, I mean, that was okay. I drank some coffee and I listened to music and I, uh, oh, nice. and I graded stuff. Yeah.
1: doesn't sound you know, bad.
2: It's uh it is a little bit difficult because they're, they're very stringent about like how you grade things. So,
1: mm.
2: you know, if the student didn't reduce the fraction in the proper way, that was counted off. Um, so, and as a Very teacher, strange. you know, as a teacher of middle school students, when I'm grading, I'm a little bit more flexible than that. Sure. Right. But, uh, you know, just based on the fact that they have to be consistent with everybody, um, yeah. you know, it makes sense that they do that. So, yeah, okay. it was fun. We had a good time. Got to ride on a bus. I haven't done that in a long time. Oh, well, I was homeschooled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I was homeschooled. So, like, uh, when I went to grade school, I lived literally right across from the school, like, across the road from the school. So I never rode a bus. And so, like, when I would go home with my friends, uh, who lived in the country? Like the fun part for me was riding on the bus, and everybody else was really mad about it because they didn't want to. Uh, you know, it took a while to get home. So.
1: As a as a bus rider in high school, riding the bus was by no means a luxury. Yeah. So I I. But for me, it's you know, I'm it's jealous kind of, fun. of your perspective. For me, it's kind of fun. How you been, Matt? Uh, I've been good. My my Saturday was relatively relaxing. I just had to run a couple errands. Uh, then I just kind of got to chill out and. That's it. Very exciting life I lead. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, Everybody, like, we've got a master's student. We've got a kayaker. We've got someone who went to a mathematician. It's a math competition. Um, Oh, take it easy, guys. I didn't have anything to do today. What else do we do to make up words? That was lousy. When I was in high school, we called the people that went to math competition mathletes. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a... It's not derogatory. I just like the I just like the smashing of it together. They're my athletes. It's called a portmanteau. A portmanteau. What? I don't know. That's just how I say it. Don't <laughs> All look, right. Don't look at me with those. Uh, I there's there's definitely a T in there. I don't know, Sam. I don't know. Portmanteau. Words. Yeah. If Somebody, anybody uh, who listened to the last episode knows that I have never seen a word in yeah. written form in my life. It's, uh, <laughs> someone I used. Someone I used to work with. Uh, Calls it a Natalie portmanteau, <laughs> perfect. Which is itself a portmanteau. I like it. Yeah, uh, Sam, uh, do you have a before we get into the get into the meat of this episode? Do you have a would you
2: rather? I do. Um, I'm continuing continuing in my new favorite theme of like kind of creepy body horror. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you rather question. So mm-hmm. we've already discussed uh, fingers for legs or legs for fingers. Yes. Um, and we discuss, would you rather have tongues for fingers or finger for tongue? Yes. All right. So my next one is, would you rather have fingernails for teeth or teeth for
1: fingernails? Oh, Oh, let's, let's let the, oh my, (laughs) Hannah and Alana are besides them, besides (laughs) themselves. (laughs) (laughs) themselves? The idea
3: of having fingernails in my mouth constantly makes me want to throw up. Give me your finger. So I'm going to go with
2: <laughs> no. That is I'm... a uh, yeah. That, that is a great Thirty Rock reference. <laughs> <laughs> that's i uh, am I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make our listeners listen to exactly what episode that is. That's the one where uh, Jack can't come up with any TV show ideas. Kenneth comes up with one called Gold Case. He goes to a meeting. With the uh, heads of NBC, and yes. he says, I, I told my idea to Moonvest, and, and he loved it, and they said, Less Moonvest is in on this, and then they smash cut to a picture of Kenneth talking to a homeless man wearing, he's wearing a vest, moon vest with moons on it, and he's, and, and then, so he's, so then Moonvest says, give me your fingernails, and, <laughs> and Kenneth writes
0: no. <laughs> no. <laughs> And then rides off on his bike into the sunset. And
2: give me your
1: fingernails. Is one of my give favorite. Give me your fingernails. Uh, yeah, like C-list quotes. <laughs> so, uh, Hannah, you were talking. <laughs> you are talking. I about was
3: obviously it. saying nothing nearly as important as that. <laughs> I was saying I would rather have teeth on my fingernails yeah. for my fingernails.
2: You'd rather have teeth for fingernails. Yes. Why? Just just because of the disgusting nature of having fingernails for your teeth. Yes. Okay, Alana.
0: Yeah, it's the same for me. The mental picture, for whatever reason, was worse having fingernails in my mouth as opposed to teeth on the ends of my fingers. Cause you know you can paint your nails that they look like teeth. But
2: they're like, but but your teeth nails are like jaggedy. Like they're like not my teeth
3: nails. Bad
2: <laughs> well, not jaggedy, but Dude, they're but they're like, just have like I mean,
3: I understand that they're thick, they're but textured. Yeah. But what already have, have like
2: pretty... canines; those are like basic then you have a then you right? have a tiny, tiny, tiny fingernail I
0: mean, sticking I... off the end of your fingernails, fingernails are rounded off like some of the other teeth. Also,
2: I've had I don't think you guys are thinking before. through this,
1: mm, yeah, Matt. I'm not. A... Do you agree with them too? Oh, absolutely. The idea, oh, man. now, granted, even though my nails are like as strong as titanium, I'm pretty sure I could just. Claw my way through like barbed wire at will. My nails are so strong. Yes. Uh, the idea. I'm gonna go with Hannah. Is that because you never wash dishes? I, w- I wash dishes. Oh, my nails are easy. still pretty strong. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, I just my nails grow really strong and thick. Okay. Um, and just like my eyelashes. And I'm gonna. But I'm gonna go with Hannah. Like the idea of Fingernails in your because like they're like they're like like they bend because they're not strong enough. It's gross. It's gross. May or may
3: not have stuff like stuck underneath them. Yeah, that's (laughs) bad. Any given time, I would like Sam.
1: I would.
2: I would disagree with all of you. That's fine. And and not just because I'm being disagreeable, Uh, for for two reasons. First of all, I think that I would look really cool with like huge teeth, like 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 my fingernail teeth. Uh but second of all you guys have not considered the implications of the fact that your fingernail teeth are growing so you can cut them off so that you never you, get canines you No you worse. have to cut them off. That's even worse. You have to because so speaking like of cutting rabbit. off you just yeah, cut me off. Yeah,
0: bunnies. Yeah. You have to have chew the You yeah. have to chew
3: have have things, things, to chew things to constantly.
0: No, no, I'll just yeah. get it's in
2: bad. there with a I'll just get in there with a nail file. Oh,
3: then you have oh, like fingernail clippings in your that's mouth. That's gross.
2: That's, what else. that's I, I already have fingernail clippings in my mouth when I bite when I bite my nails.
1: That's gross. It's gross.
2: Yeah. So, but I would never have cavities because like my fingernail this. teeth would just grow and I'd cut them off. Yeah, I don't like it. One bit.
0: That's gross.
2: No, yeah. thank you. So it's not because I don't want teeth as fingernails. Although I think that would be weird. I don't think you guys are thinking about how small, like little slivers, your fingernails would be. Like they'd be these little bitty. My teeth are pretty big. He yeah, was to say oh, my teeth are pretty big. Maybe it's just because I have big ass fingers. Oh, maybe <laughs> that's, that. yeah. that's also okay. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. But yeah. I'm imagining—I'm imagining how cool my smile would be. Like
1: that's—you would look like a—you would not look for attractive. those of
0: you listening.
1: I do <laughs> Sam oh, just don't put don't his, his fingers now.
0: up to his mouth to indicate what it would look like to have fingernails for teeth.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. This is good for a visual medium. It's terrifying. Uh, I I have a would you rather. Oh, okay. Because we like to have two. This is another gross one. This is not body horror because that's kind of Sam's thing, but this is a gross one. Would you rather immerse yourself in a bathtub of spiders or a bathtub of tobacco spit?
0: <laughs> oh. That's got to be the spiders for me. Um and I I really don't like How spiders. How poisonous are the
1: spiders? So, I think to make this fair because if it's like 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 a bathtub of black widows, like you're like, oh, tobacco spit because like I'll die. Right. So I I'm i gonna go with I'm gonna go with spiders. <laughs> a lot of. My really comments. not into spit. All right, all right. I'm, I'm gonna Especially go with spiders. Somebody else's. That if they bite you, uh, it might make like a little welt, but they're not dangerous. You're not gonna die. You're not gonna get sick. You might just get a little itchy bites. but it'll hurt. Might not even necessarily hurt.
0: Yep, totally into that as opposed to somebody else's tobacco spit.
3: I think I'm going to have to go with the tobacco spit. Yeah. But only because I've had like six spiders crawling on me today because there's lots of spiders out on branches that I was running into Mm. today. Not into that And also the other day I was laying in bed and the animals were playing around me and I felt something brush my head and Mm -hmm. I thought it was Annie's tail Mm -hmm. and it was not and it was a spider with a large body. No. And I and it like popped and got spider juice on me. And now I'm thinking And I'm thinking of of laying in a bath.
2: Yeah, there'd be a lot of spider. Constantly
3: popping spider bodies and I just don't think I can do it. That's
2: I'm gonna go with spit. Nightmare fuel. Yeah, I'm gonna go I mean well, okay.
1: Because you made it you made it you made it undangerous. Non dangerous. Is it un or non dangerous?
0: Not dangerous. Is it
1: just not dangerous? Is there not a prefix that you can put with that? You remove the danger from the situation. That's fine. Even if like
2: only a tenth of the spiders were poisonous, okay, I would go with the tobacco spit. <gasps> um,
0: Ew, but it's warm.
2: Like, well, yeah, maybe. But it's there warm. are
0: bodies
3: that you can pop.
0: But you also
2: get like. But you also maybe get a little bit of that contact nicotine <laughs>
3: <laughs> advantage.
0: Yeah,
2: you're okay.
1: just gonna absorb it through your skin. Yeah, mm. hadn't
0: thought about that. Kay. To be fair. I uh, <laughs> still don't like it,
2: but uh, since the spiders are not dangerous, I think I would just get in there and just roll around at them until they were them all, all dead, and then they wouldn't be crawling on me. I think no
1: more. I'm, I'm going to add the implication that these spiders, like if you kill spiders, more spiders come in for the duration that you're in the tub. Well, see, but now you've turned this into a into a nonsense question. No, because like you're not gonna, you don't get the spit out. Infinitely regenerating spiders. No, they like there's like a tube of like Medusa spiders. A, sp- a spidier. A spidi- oh my gosh. If I. The spider A spidierider. Sp- sp- spider- yeah, we're just gonna
2: make sea uh, list references all night long. <laughs>
1: is that MegaMind? That's MegaMind. Okay, that's my one thought. of
2: my favorite Will Ferrell vehicles. MegaMind. That's a good movie. Oh, that Underrated. is a good
1: movie. Yeah,
2: it was fun. Uh yeah I mean, but so like how long do I have
1: to stay in this tub fifteen minutes?
3: also, can you take a shower immediately afterwards?
1: No, you have to- you have to sit in your shame for five minutes. I think I would use my
2: fingernail teeth to bite all the.
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can't you just use your normal teeth to do that? Well, yeah, but I wanted to call back to the fingernail thing <laughs> um oh god, I I would go spiders easy. Yeah. No question for me. Spiders don't bother me that much.
0: Also like Especially the, like
1: the little jumping spiders, like those are practically like good friends of mine.
2: What about daddy long legs? Those oh, guys are just daddy friends. Long,
1: yeah, daddy like I would like go out to dinner with a daddy long. I'd sign up for like, that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be you know. I well, the
2: only reason I wouldn't I wouldn't jump in a spider uh, a, a spider, a tub full of daddy long legs, but only because
1: that's how my, much I love daddy long legs. Right. I'd be
2: worried about hurting one of them.
1: So I think if I could say like if I like get put in the tub and then they get put on me, I'm I'm down <laughs> for that. <them. laughs> yeah, they're fun. All right, <laughs> that's enough. That's enough nightmare fuel. So yeah, you jerks. Uh, we're gonna jump into opening statements. All right. <laughs> Panel edition of this episode is we're gonna talk a little bit about the purity movement uh, peaking in the late 90s, early zeros, early 2000s, and then a little more specifically with the concept of uh, the book I Kiss Dating Combine. So, to give you a little bit of background of exactly what we're talking about, is the, the purity movement was and is, uh, is, is really, uh, I'm not gonna speak for other religions, but specifically in uh, Christian religion. Uh, in the more conservative circles was one that said that uh, sexuality for the unmarried uh, basically shouldn't happen like it, it sh- you should be abstinent from that type from sexual activity um, and so like that was obviously geared more towards teens like college students uh, those young young unmarried young adults uh, that were a part of that and that that was a very popular movement and, and i think it's still really popular in a lot of christian circles uh, but in the late 90s and early, early 2000s, it was extremely popular, um, and one of the books that came out of that movement took everything a step further, and that book was I Kiss Dating Goodbye, which it went beyond just the abstinence from, hey, don't, don't touch people that you're not married to. So the book took it a step further and said, like besides the physicalness of it, you shouldn't even be in a relationship with anyone that was like outside of the concept of you guys are going to get married and so you heard a lot of the idea of courting which was a way to say dating except you're like oh yeah we've decided that we're going to start dating because we think we might get married Uh, and that the book basically said you shouldn't have any type of casual dating relationships like physicalness aside any type of romantic relationship at all, regardless of the level of how long or when it began should really be framed in the this this is going this is likely to end in marriage, and the the reason that why we're talking about this is I was talking to Sam about this several months ago, um, but I read an article several months ago that came up in conversation. It's an article by Slate. We will put this article on show notes so you guys can read it for yourselves too. But it was an article basically saying, hey. The guy who wrote these books, it's been more than a decade since he's done it. Let's see how people are. Um, And that's when I found out that when he wrote the book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, he was 21 years old. He was unmarried. He was homeschooled. And according to the article, it said he was a virgin, which I I think is probably important as well. And like, so I just recently found out that a lot of like the type of like relationship ideology that was being taught to me and pushed to me as a young man was made by someone who was barely older than me, who somehow had less romantic experience than me. Uh, and it completely blew my mind. And so I, I was curious if other people's like, w- like what other people's reactions were that as well. Um, and I, I wanted to hear the reaction of my friends. And so we're having a group panel about it. And I think specifically a little, like, and just asking some questions about the purity movement and how that ideology affected our, our younger lives. And I think specifically, too, like, but I, I can say goodbye uh, how that might have impacted us and, like, how we were forming, what a good relationship was, um, and how that might have impacted our lives a little bit. Uh, so this question to you guys, take turns if you'd like. Or all at once, I don't care. Uh, what, like, how how much of a part of your early like relationship upbringing, like, was the purity movement, or was I kiss dating goodbye? Like, was it very impactful to you? Was it absent completely? Uh, how exactly, like, how important was that to you, growing up?
0: So, I grew up going to church, and we had purity ceremonies every year. Mm. where we would, um, there's a, a pledge that we signed, essentially, that said I would abstain from any type of sexual activity until I get married. And uh, we did a ceremony for it every year where if you, it was the first year you were signing the pledge, or if you had broken your pledge and you wanted to redo it, Um, you were able to sign it and then they, we rolled the, the, the thing up, the piece of paper that you signed. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Contract, contract, Mm. whatever
0: you want to call it. You roll it up and you pull it in a, or we put it in a wine bottle and corked it and sealed it.
1: Like our wedding vow.
0: (laughs) That's where I got that idea from, honestly. Mm. Um, and then that was supposed to be a, a gift or something that you could give to your significant other when you got married um and then if you had one, you bring your bottle back each year and then you got like a sticker or something put on it that said however many years of purity Wow wow yeah it, it was yeah, just like to think back on it is kind of like man, this is crazy um there was part of what sparked it I think there was a play that um another area church group put on called Worth Waiting For. And so there was just a bunch of it was a bunch of middle and high school kids that did this play. A lot of them were from my church growing up and uh they just talked through this whole process of trying to be worth waiting for and saving yourself for marriage. Oof. Yeah, it was intense. And then I um I never read I kissed dating goodbye. I remember hearing about it in the in the idea of courtship. Um, but I also was given a purity ring. My mother um, bought one for me for me to have through, um, I don't remember what year I got it, but I know I had it through high school because the purity ring part of this, for people that don't know, was just essentially another visual representation of the pledge that you made to keep your yourself pure, so it's essentially a commitment between you and God and keeping yeah yourself sexually pure until you get married. And so I <laughs> still have my purity ring. I brought it out for everybody to see. It's actually pretty nice. Uh, people, it, is,
1: it is a legitimately nice ring.
0: Yeah. Uh, people used to ask me all the time if I was married. Because I wore it on my ring finger on my left hand. Uh, but I remember my mom, uh, like, during one of the purity ceremonies that we had one year, like, she... Gave it to me in front of the whole youth group oh, as
1: all a right. commitment
0: for, like, just as a symbol as <laughs> right. the commitment that a lot of us were making. She just had the, the ring too. So, yeah, it was very much a part of my middle and high school wow experience.
1: Uh, Hannah,
3: it was also a big part of mine. Um, I, I guess it would have been in high school, probably when it was maybe even before high school, uh, my older sister had read it and she was very boy crazy and she was very interested in dating a boy. And, um, she read that book and, and decided that it, uh, that courting is probably the way to go. And I was less boy crazy and I don't really remember being that concerned about whether I was going to date or court or whether it made any difference. Um, but I was a part of a youth group that was very focused on on the whole purity movement. And t- uh, they would take us on uh, purity retreats. And uh, we would go to a campground or a retreat center or whatever for the weekend or a week. I don't even know. And the whole focus would be about... And I think this was only the girls. I'm not sure if the boys did anything or if it was just girls. Uh, Focused on that you should keep yourself pure, that you should dress a certain way so that you're not bothering any boys and keeping them from being pure, that you should, um, like, they would take us to the mall and we were supposed to shop for clothes that would be modest and appropriate, but still fashionable. (laughs) Uh, It was... That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Uh And then we would, you know, do things like a makeup demonstration so that we could learn how to be pretty. I don't even know. I Whoa. The, Like, the whole thing was very strange at the time, even. And looking back on it, I think, I don't even understand. Uh, but I think the youth group leader, I think, was coming from a, a place of uh, genuine concern for us. She had come from a pretty rough place and had been married before um, to a man who didn't treat her very well, and then was married then to uh, a guy who was very good. And they had, um, she had, so she had one daughter previously and then had uh, three with her current husband. And and so I think she was mostly concerned because she'd made some mistakes in her past, and she didn't want us to make the same mistakes, which I, I right. get. Mm-hmm. Um, but it put a very big focus on something that i'm not really sure needed to have that big of a focus on it
0: that makes sense
3: almost like the dare program right yeah like the
0: dare that we went through in elementary school that was like don't do drugs well i mean was i ever (laughs) gonna plan on doing hard drugs probably not oh yeah you know like like the
1: like the dare program that like convinced me that like by the time i was in the eighth grade like every other day someone would be like you want to buy some crack <laughs> right like, I've never never have I ever like been off like been I like asked to buy drugs and I think in my entire life I think one person offered me drugs and I said no thanks and then that was it and
0: you were a grown person I was
1: like tw- I was I was I was 20 years old the first time anyone offered that yeah um, yeah I get that
3: Yeah, so I think, and they would, like, bring in speakers who had never dated anyone until their husband and things like that. And I I, I do think they were coming from a good place, but I think it was maybe causing a little bit more harm than good in a lot of ways.
1: Sam?
2: Uh, We went, my youth group went to a True Love Weights rally. Uh, with rally? Jennifer Knapp, yeah, oh. and <laughs> Casey Wolf, the <laughs> mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, oh, okay. Uh, and they passed out uh, contracts, and as I recall, it was a relatively hard sell. Uh, and we saw, signed the contracts, a uh, covenants. They were covenants. Oh, that's right. a better word. So here's why. Yeah. Here's why I remember. Uh, because at the time, like I signed the covenant. And I felt a little bit strange um, because I was making a covenant, which is a promise to God. And if you break it, at least according to the Old Testament, there are serious <laughs> right. ramifications. Bad things happen. Like and so, salt. Yeah. And so in my mind, and I was looking at, see, this is, makes me a bad person. I was looking at some of the kids and going like, um, <laughs> she, she's going to break that contract. She's going to break that covenant. And uh, that's going to be really bad for her. So, yeah, I, re- my, my, I remember that my most of mine was anxiety about making a promise to God and then also right. the people who were probably going to break it. Uh, I did read I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Um, and I, I mean, I thought it was – I enjoyed the book at the time. Um, but for me uh, at the time – it was more of a uh, study of the sociology and psychology of peop- of humans okay. than okay. A, a really applicable thing. I didn't sure. see, see myself dating uh, anyway. Uh, but my brother and his wife, actually, his, his wife now, my brother and a girl, uh, read it, practiced it, did not kiss each other until they got married. Wow. Um and I think they would say that it was a good that it was a good experience. But uh, but yeah, I I don't uh I also read I don't know if you did you, you did you read it, Matt? I Kiss Say oh, Goodbye?
1: No, I did not.
2: Did you read the follow up? Oh, oh what what was was the the name it? Girl? What's that? Boy Meets Girl. Yeah. About when he actually got together with his wife.
3: Hmm.
1: That sounds interesting. I've not read that either.
0: I have a really important question. Okay.
1: Uh, Alana just for, for those of you who can't see, everybody, uh, everybody, uh, Alana was patiently raising her hand for quite some time, waiting to be called on so that she could speak. Yes,
0: I just really need to know why Casey Wolf was at the
2: purity the, rally. The guy inside Casey Wolf, <laughs> <laughs> the performer, <laughs> spoke. And the man he, in the suit. And he is a um, he at the time. At least the guy was an evangelical.
0: Oh okay. um,
2: and a motivational speaker on not the Not
0: slugger though. He was a
2: I don't know, yeah. He's a heathen. Casey heathen. Heathen. Yeah, Casey wolf. Um I just realized why you guys laughed at <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> yeah, edit that part.
1: Yeah, i be, be sipped down.
0: No, I yep. Uh I have another question that this might also get edited out or something a thought that Ask it. it.
1: Ask away. No,
0: it's not a question, it's really a thought. Like so Jennifer Natt was the other person there? Yes came out as homosexual right not oh, very long after right. that interesting yep and that just like the, the yeah. there's not a real connection there but also the connection to that is yeah she would not be
2: welcome back no I think it's maybe what you're saying correct yeah uh but yeah I mean I you know my youth group there was a lot of there was there was definitely i um a big focus on uh you know date you're not uh, alone with a girl you you yep. have to uh like that's the whole i guess hating it by is basically involving uh people that you trust to help you stay uh devoted to the decisions that you've made right yep. if that makes sense yep so that so if you haven't read it, that's kind of what the focus was was like courtship maybe sounds like an outdated term, but their idea was basically his his idea was basically like maybe this is a different way to go about it.
1: Yeah.
2: Um and if you remember the 90s, paradigm shift. Yeah, I mean, but if you remember the 90s, I mean, that was like I don't know. It was a bit... Yeah, didn't matter. I don't remember what I was going to say. It's okay. So Alana, did you uh at the time, did you enjoy these ceremonies? Were you kind of looking at it out of the side of your eyes? Is that something that you were that you were committed to, or is it something you just did um, because you were supposed to?
0: Yeah, that was something that was interesting when you said you guys are going through the, your covenant signing and and yeah. looking at other people like man, nah, you know, we'll see how this goes for you. But the reality is, there's a lot of pressure connected to that. And if I have a youth group of we had a giant youth group because my, my church was huge. Um, you know, if I'm one of a handful of people that's not signing this covenant when, you know, at least another 75 kids are growing up to do this, like, what does that say about me? And do I want that to say what that implication is in front of all these people? No. Right. And so you buy into it, whether or not you think it's something you can keep up with. Um, or you. Fi- I, if I think about it now, I probably convinced myself that, well, yeah, this is something good that I should do. Um, And so I need to go and sign this, even though I may not have been 100% sure that that was something that I wanted to do or should do. Like that group positive peer pressure in that type of sense would have been, I remember thinking through that whole process very much. But I mean, overall, the the whole thing was, yeah, we all were pretty into it as far as I could tell.
2: Yeah. And Hannah, I mean, I know that you have not bought into anything since you were four. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you've been suspicious of you know all. West, Sesame
3: Street, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'd say that I bought into it. Um, I, I think I, can, I come at things from a fairly like maybe a logic based background and so I think my thought was well yeah that makes sense I'm not gonna like do it with anybody right now anyway like I'm not going to so this seems reasonable um and I think it was good because I did see a lot of my friends making questionable choices and so I think that it was good for them to kind of have uh, a different approach um I've talked about this a little bit with some other people but one of the dangers in that is um and then I experienced in quite a few different like ministries and youth groups and stuff in high school. Um, it, it puts so much of the pressure of purity on the woman. Right. And, um, in turn makes women feel very shameful about being women, which I did not appreciate. And I did notice even in, in that, in that culture in high school that I just felt like, um, if anything were to happen, it would be because I was bad, Mm-hmm. Um, because I did something wrong, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't dress right, because I didn't act right, because I um made myself too available, whatever, um, it wouldn't yeah. be because of my fault. Um, and I think it from other areas in my life, I already felt that deeply that, um, that there's something about being a woman that is inherently bad anyway. Um, and so. That really kind of made me uncomfortable, but also fit in with what I already felt. And uh, so I think that, I don't know, I think that is a danger in that, that I noticed and experienced um, in high school. So I don't know that I necessarily bought into it. I think it fit in line with what I already felt in maybe not a good way. Sure. What
1: about you, Matt? Uh, Well... I mean, I'll, I'll pick you back off of that and then talk a little bit about personal experiences that, like, I, like, because, like, it, where I, like, where I was from, it was, it was pretty prominent, like, the, like, the, the purity movement in general, uh, and then the idea of courtship via I Kiss Dating Goodbye, uh, and, like, courtship and not dating, that was a pretty prominent idea, so even though I never sat down and read the book, like, youth theater was like, hey, this is a book I read, here are ideas from it, and so it was still really impactful. But, like I, like, I never did... Like, they had, like, da- da- like father-daughter dances uh, where, like, the, the father would take the daughter to the dance and then at the end the daughter would sign the purity contract. Um, if you think about it, it's, re- like, really kind of strange anyway. But, like, they didn't have, like, mother-son dances and that type of thing. It was, it was really uncommon for men to wear purity rings um, but pretty common for women to wear purity rings. And... So even though I didn't personally experience that like l- looking back on it now like it's like what like what Hannah is saying for those of you that did not experience it all
2: yeah. it
1: was pretty prevalent like there was a lot of responsibility that was placed upon women that I even being deeply in that culture I never felt that pressure as a guy yeah. um for for sure and and I I never felt like my value was tied to any type of purity or decision that I would make. Like, I i mean, which I hated myself anyway, so it's easy easy to think that. But, like, it was, like, I never thought, like, oh, well, if, if, if I make this, like, if I make a physical mistake, then uh, I've lost part of my value. Like, that's not an idea that ever crossed my mind, even when I kind of really bought into
3: it. It is shocking to me that that is not something that you felt, because that is something that was just ingrained in us yeah Yeah.
0: and like I didn't realize it until later and so but to think back on there's a particular story of a of a friend of mine that was talking about her and hanging out with her boyfriend and they you know were kissing as teenagers do and she talked about how it was very difficult for them to make sure they didn't go across any particular line. But she, she talked about how, you know, if yes, both of us are at fault at this, but 51% of this is my fault. And the 49% is his. And like you, we, yeah, we were taught to bear that responsibility Mm -hmm. through until
3: you get married.
1: Well, it was your responsibility to make sure that guys didn't have bad thoughts. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Not even just the physical part, but just even the mental part. Yep. that's yep. on us too. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, but to, to continue with like my personal experience, uh, it was a pretty common part of my culture. Um, like it was that something we talked about a lot in youth group. That's something that was like pretty prevalent in my high school. Even though like I went to a public high school. Hmm. but I lived in such a conservative area. Like the high school was almost like a, like a pseudo Christian school. Like the biggest club on campus was fellowship of Christian athletes, which was just a Christian club. You didn't have to be an athlete. Um, And so like that idea was also like really popular and people that appeared to be making uh, choices contrawise to what you believed. Like they were like, I kind of felt like socially that they were kind of shunned a little bit. Like, I, like I, I remember people like in kind of serious relationships uh they were kind of shunned like unless those were people in serious relationships that were also in, like very visible spots in the church where you could be like oh well they're making good decisions that's fine yeah uh for me i think i was in the kind of the same boat that hannah was and that like this isn't something that like because i didn't date in high school um and so i was like yeah this isn't something i'm doing anyway sure that's fine i guess let's do it uh i never signed a contract never signed a covenant uh, 'cause even then I thought it would be weird, uh but something interesting for me, and <laughs> I kind of wish I would have listened to this is that so like the culture around me i like the kids, my age, and then like the the generation like the the normal generation age of parents, which is like thirty to forty years old uh they were pretty sold into it my dad uh my 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 father who's passed away uh not my current dad now um who was older than a typical parent, extremely religiously conservative, was in this area not at all conservative.
0: Interesting. And
1: so I would tell him, he would say like, hey, are you dating anybody? And I was like, no. Like, first of all, like, why would you want me to date anybody? What are you talking about? And like, when I would tell him no, like, he'd kind of look at me like, why not? He's like, when I was your age, like, I would I would date like, like two or three people at a time and just be like, and I was like, who are you? And
3: my, my family has talked about that also, that the when my grandparents were kids, that dating was the thing. You just went out with different people every every weekend and yeah. you got to know them. And then huh. there wasn't any tying anybody down until you went steady. And then that's where, you're, that's where you picked your person.
1: Yeah. And so it, it was always like looking back on it, I, I just think it's really interesting that out of all of these really conservative parts, like both like religiously and culturally that he was like, what do you like date date, go on a date, man, like go on a date, Matt. Don't be like that. Uh, but in general, I think my, I think my experience was pretty typical. I'll, 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 I'll keep it kind of cut short like that. And I think what, what everyone else has said, it's, I didn't go to any rallies, but it's pretty calm, like pretty much the same. Um, so next question for everybody is, how did this so this would be a little more impersonal how did this impact your idea of relationships uh so like when you like what like whether or not you bought into this uh maybe before you bought into it after you bought into it maybe when you decided that you weren't buying into it like what what did you see as what a healthy successful relationship looked like um and I I think this is kind of a harder question, so I will answer it first. Uh, for me, a a healthy relationship, like, like a like a good relationship, was one where like both people, quote unquote, knew that God had told them to be in that relationship. Uh, that the relationship was pretty public, and they were pretty open about like. Appropriate levels of intimacy in that relationship, and then a successful relationship was one that ended in marriage. So, like, if people broke up, like, well, you should have never dated. And so, for me, like, the idea of relationship was if you are dating someone, you should be shooting to marry that person, even if you've been dating for a couple weeks. If you don't think, Yeah, this is someone I should be able to marry. Like then, that's not someone you should be in a relationship with. And that's so,
2: not really what was in the book, though. That, but just that's, for the record, that's not really what was in the book,
1: right? But that's the that's the type of culture that it spawned, though. Okay, yep. uh, I would because, agree with that.
2: Okay, but that depends on like that de- really really depends on like who your single youth pastor was, right? And but how think, they felt about that,
1: right, But like the, I would say that because my youth
2: pastor was not into like my youth pastor was actually uh, less conservative. Oh yeah. About that than my parents were. Like they didn't read they didn't read books that weren't the Bible. Like they didn't read right. church books. And okay. so their son like dated people all the time. So that really wasn't like part of Yeah. Yeah.
1: But and it's not even that this is something that I took out of the book, but like this is just based Well this is your perception this, of what well this is my perspective of what of, the like, culture was. Right. And Sam is right. That's not so much a critique of the book as much as as it was my personal experience. Uh who's next?
3: Oh, next. Um, <clears throat> mine is actually very similar to that, which is why I agree that that is kind of what I feel like that book encouraged that culture. Um, and my mom had been um, previously engaged to someone other than my dad, and he was not nice to her and was, I believe, physically abusive even. And she finally ended it. Um, and so she was a big proponent of saying, if you don't think you can marry this person don't date them. And I think she said that maybe even before we read that book, I don't, I don't remember, but that the, that the goal of being with somebody was, was to end in marriage. Um, so I, I think that that, that did, uh, impact. I, and I, again, that is just the culture and not necessarily the book. Um, but, uh, I do think the other thing about this is that like, um, the idea of always having somebody around when you're um yes. going on dates like that was a big thing that yes. my family talked about a lot that you, that you when you date you should have um company
1: yep you don't go one on one Sam you go I agree with everything you just said <laughs> <laughs> Al- Alana.
0: um yeah, my perception was pretty well the same um slightly different than Hannah's family talking about. Always having a a third person, at least. Um, That was a big part of our youth group thought process. And so then we were all supposed to be on the team together, helping each other out. Um, And so, yeah,
3: that was... Did you then also... Were you like a third wheel on your friends' dates and stuff?
0: I I don't remember that. We also...
1: Did you do like group dates? because that was a thing.
0: We did hang out quite a bit. Yeah, we did all hang out quite a bit together. Yeah. And both of us dated people within the youth group. We didn't mm-hmm. date people outside of the youth group and so um yeah, that kind of helped keep all of that together and
3: I had to hang out with my sister when she was on oh, her oh
1: no. <laughs> boy crazy adventures. Ooh.
3: Which may have lended itself to me not wanting to date very much. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, because that's something I remember too. I was I was never a third wheel. God, that's really uncomfortable. It was, <laughs> uh, but like group dates, like like I remember, like I would have guy friends who wanted to hang out with a particular girl, and so they would organize a thing and invite several people, including that girl, so they could they could hang out in a group together. That was a that was a common common thing. Yes, Uh, and that was not like a hey, let's kind of get to know each other and then like jump into a date. Like that was just a like that was it. There was was no like follow up. Like you just kept doing that. Right. Uh, I don't know what that accomplished very much. So how did this impact the relationships you had?
3: I didn't have any.
1: Ah, easy peasy.
0: Well, is that because? you weren't going to have any or because of the connection to this whole
3: like I know that's kind of tricky
0: to answer but
3: uh I think it was partially uh as we mentioned earlier the shame based all of the like scary stuff just being a woman is not great Mm -hmm. uh combined with um I don't I don't think I had the self-confidence or like uh, personal growth under control to go on a date with anybody sure. for a long period of time. And then also I just was not that the idea of dating somebody seemed like a good idea, but not something that I should do. If that
0: makes okay. any sense.
1: Interesting. Irana.
0: I dated one person through high school uh, for the majority of high school. Um, and He was in my youth group. And so, like, the again, the whole group think type of process was there. Uh, But yeah, the shame was also there, too. And like I said, as a teenager, feeling teenager things in life, like it was difficult to navigate, yeah, being a human being and balancing uh, what you were taught to think about being a human being or being a human being in relationship. Um, and so it was, I don't even know when I really started to think outside of that whole realm of this is what you do and this is what you don't do in a relationship, but definitely through that relationship and even through college, I would say actually, um, yeah, that was a big thought process of, of how we behaved and what we did and all of that.
1: Yeah.
2: I thought of um, a relationship as being such a uh, momentous thing and such an important thing and such a thing with so much weight mm-hmm. uh, that I was terrified to ever start a relationship. Mm. Yep. I also grew up with a lot of, this may be surprising to you guys, but I grew up with a lot of romantic notions about uh, about love and romance and dating.
1: Do you Do you have an example of what you mean? Or is that something you want to share?
2: Um... So like whenever I got sick, I would watch Anne of Green Gables movies, and so like that, like Anne and Gil, was it Gil? Like their know. like their relationship was pretty much like perfect. The eventual result of the combination of those two things was that I would romanticize relationships, and like p- like pine uh, after like that, like having that thing, but never. Uh, Just date somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, yeah, like it was never. It just never. It just never
1: became like the real world, Mm. practical dating. Yeah, yeah. With me, I think I did a little bit of everything that everybody has said. Like in in high school, I did not date, and a large. uh, I think a, a very large reason for that was, and like this is a lot of what Sam said, is that your looks. Hey, I was a handsome man. You have a cute face. I was a handsome man, but a little bit of my looks. But also, um, because like I, I was just sitting there and like I would kind of be you know attracted to a girl and I would just sit there and think, oh, is this someone who I would marry? And so I, I sit and think about that and like have this weird crush on someone, but also be absolutely too terrified to do anything because if i did anything like did that mean that i was going to end up marrying this person and it was just so heavy and so important that i couldn't get past the anxiety to even talk to a girl about how i felt at least in high school and then in college i i like I, i got my first girlfriend when i was in college like bless her heart like i sorry that you were the first girlfriend because that, that relationship was a dumpster fire. And like, yeah. I would say like 95% because of me. Like I didn't like, cause like I start, like we started dating and like, it was like a weekend. And I was like, Oh, well I guess this is probably who I'm going to get married to. Yeah. And like, we, um, like emotionally, like I just like poured my heart into that relationship immediately. Uh, so like I was very heavily invested, very, very quickly. And like I didn't know how to handle those emotions, and like I was constantly thinking of like, am I gonna marry this person? Like, is this the right thing to do? And so, like all of that, like just it was, it was. I mean, there are obviously good parts. She's she's a nice person, but like it was like I didn't have the capacity to be to be in a good relationship then because of that. Um, and and then like looking back on it. So, like, I wouldn't, quote-unquote, like, be in a relationship with someone. But what I find myself doing is, like, so I'd be, like, I would just, like, I enjoyed having friends because I, I struggled with loneliness a little bit in general. And so, like, hey, like, you want to go and grab dinner? And, like, and it's, like, me and a girl, like, we'd go and grab dinner and be, like, this is nice. She's a cool person. Like, we're just being friends. Um And then, like, looking back on it, I was, like, oh, like, that was a date. Like, I asked, like, I was one-on-one with a girl and she wanted to go one-on-one with me out to eat, like, That was a date. That's
2: the other thing that I just realized out of nowhere actually did happen to me a lot is I was pretty oblivious to the feminine sex. uh, And and looking back, I was flirted with a lot and did not notice it. Yeah. Um, And I'm a little bit ashamed to say up through and including college. Say it, Hannah.
3: I think that happened to me as well because... My and my mom would obsessively point it out to me when someone was flirting with me because I think she knew that I was like uncomfortable with the concept of dating.
2: Yeah, but did it just feel like your mom kind of teasing you?
3: Yes. And her- I was like, so okay, so for instance, uh Sam and I uh <laughs> we we knew each other before we got together. Of, yeah, you're getting ahead of things. But. Um and, and and I had come back cause I know him because he's my cousin's best friend. So I uh, had come back for one of, for my cousins. Jonathan. Uh, yes, Jonathan. So I'd come back for Violet, his Jonathan's little sister's grad, high school graduation. And we were sitting there eating cake and having fun at the reception. And apparently Sam, you know, said something to me. I don't even know. And then left. And mom was like, Sam was flirting with you. And I was like, no, he wasn't. She no, was but like, I didn't. No, but yes, he was.
2: No, but I didn't because I had no clue. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
3: But my mom was convinced that every time a boy, I think, talked to me that they were flirting with me. Especially, but I didn't especially know. Especially a
2: handsome boy. That's right.
1: Dude, every time, like, when I was in, like, early college, every time Sam talked to me, I hoped he was flirting
3: with me. <laughs> <laughs> Did your mom also point it out?
1: No, my, so my dad, so this is what my dad would do. Because my dad knew that I was anxious about it. And, like, we never really, like, he was, like, interestingly enough, he was really uncomfortable about having... Like the romance type of uh, decision, like conversations, but he would tease me relentlessly. Like yeah. we would be like going out to he was eat, just
2: trying to make a man out of you.
1: Oh man! Uh, like we'd be going out to eat, and uh, like the waitress would come, and he'd be like, "Hey, do you think my son's handsome?" And I was like, "I want to die, <laughs> I want to die, Dad, my head. I want to die." That's just Dad. That 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 does sound just kind of like Dad's. Yeah, dad. but like it was it was not great. Um. Oh, man. I'm glad that we had similar experiences about being oblivious to things because, like, just looking back, I'm just like, Matt, like, I would be an asshole to girls because I had no idea. And, like, I look back on, I'm like, Matt, the thing, like, I remember, now, I, did, I this might have been platonic, so I think this person liked a good friend of mine at the time, but we ended up going out to eat together, just the two of us, and I ended up lecturing her about why she shouldn't be Catholic. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Wow! And like, uh, <laughs> if it that's, didn't start
3: out platonic, it was. Well, then, that. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's is that, that's your move. It's yeah, my move. My move is, hey, lady, uh, has anyone said that your theology is flawed? And like, or oh man, wait, there's there's a hold on There's a joke in here. Oh, I'm I about, have one, but I'm I'm, I'm letting about to nail my thesis to your wall because your theology is flawed. That's nice. what it is. Well
2: done. Thanks. You got there.
1: I felt good. Um, and so, like, I did dumb, like, absolutely dumb, thoughtless things like that, just because I decided, like, well, like, I, I'm not gonna do anything casual. No one else would do anything casual either, and because I had no concept of getting to know someone, like, as friends with the potential of romance behind it. But, but because of that, I was also one of the nice guys. Like, oh, girls don't like me. I'm such a nice guy, and they always go for like asshole guys and they just won't go for a nice guy like me. Like I was that guy for a while and I, yeah. I hate him. I don't want to punch him in his face. Yeah. Cause part of it was like girls did like me and two like, well, of course girls didn't like you. You were an idiot.
2: Well, uh, I'm very self-obsessed. Yeah. I, like that's I, how that, yeah, that that's the yeah. eventual
1: result of that. Yeah. I'm glad I grew out of that wink. All right. So last question is, and then, oh, we've done a little bit of reflecting, but I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to say their piece. Um, Is like how like looking back on it. How do you view the whole purity movement, courting, I kiss dating goodbye stuff? Like, like what do you regret? Uh, What do you think was good out of it? Is there any benefits that you think that you took out of that?
2: I regret breaking my covenant with your
1: mom. Hello, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh Matt that's a really 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 big question and probably not a question that I feel equipped completely to answer um especially because like we're we're talking about a very broad category like yeah. a, a very broad part of life but uh I would say that for whatever reason it worked out very well for me um because I did not date until I was quite a bit older than I think most people are And when I did start dating, it was long distance. So I was in love with Hannah far before uh, we ever got to spend a whole lot of time together. So uh, we got together over Facebook and uh, I'm going to start crying. We're not cutting this. We got got together over Facebook and uh, we got to spend a lot of time communicating with each other, talking to each other, sharing... um, sharing things that probably would have been harder to share if it had been in person. Mm -hmm. Um, so we do that, did that via text. Um, and really getting to know each other, I think, um, before we spent time together and also like we were older. So like the hormones had died down, you can cut that out, but (laughs) not really. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think it worked out the, but the, the regrets I guess I have are more in terms of like, taking dating so seriously yeah that i didn't ever go on a date like yeah. when i was in high school mm-hmm. um i mean just because i feel like i missed out on some stuff yeah. you know what i mean like just missed out on on spending time with people and and kind of that like part of life i, I and regret is maybe even too strong I'm happy with the life that right. I have now, and it has it's just led a me. a part that you maybe might have been good for you to experience. It has led me to the point where I'm at now. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just that is a part of that is a part of like the typical human experience that I don't have.
1: Well, right. and I think it's I, I I think when you like go like when you get to know people, regardless of how you're doing that you also get to know more about yourself as well. Yeah. But also, but then on like a like on a larger like on a societal level. I do think that the
2: focus only on the dangers of human sexuality. Yeah. I think is I think it's a far more complex issue than just hey kids uh don't think about boobs. <laughs> like right. You know no, what I mean? Right. I shouldn't say it that way. No, I think well, that's, a that's exactly what it was. But that's right? pretty well, that's much how what he said to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat>
3: we've talked about this a little bit too, that when you, when you put so much focus on, don't do this. Yeah. That it makes it into something bigger than maybe it needs to be. Yeah. Um, that it's like, you're saying, don't be a sexual object. Don't be a sexual, sexual object. Don't be a sexual object to women in turn makes them a sexual object. It might. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things that I saw when like that slate article, which you'll see in there too, is like the, the big thing was like, they asked people, Hey, Hey, what's your experience from I kiss dating goodbye and like this idea yeah. in general. And what a lot of people said was like, I, it's hard for me to like be uh, emotion like physically or emotionally intimate with my spouse. Cause it was drilled into my head by my culture that this is bad. And the, except when you get married, but then after I got married, like I couldn't shake the feeling that it was bad still. You so know, they th- didn't
0: tell you what to do.
1: Yeah.
2: So I think it came, I really do. I genuinely think it came out of a good place. Um, Yeah, I I don't think think, anyone's being malicious. And specifically, I think the I Kissed Dating Goodbye book, like, that can work. It doesn't have to be the method, but like that, like, spending time with somebody, like, if your intention is monogamous marriage,
1: Mm -hmm. then that's not a terrible blueprint. Well, right. Right. But I I think the, well, and again, and like, to to give Joshua Harris some credit, I doubt that he wrote that book thinking that like like huge swaths of leadership in the evangelical Christianity were sure. going to put that as a banner and say hey this is a thing that should happen um, and then nor did he in, probably intend that people would take bits and pieces of it and distort it into something that was really unhealthy either I think when he wrote that like what you said earlier is that it was just a hey this is a, a perspective that I've not recently seen about dating and I think this might be a good idea I Which just can't I tell. I guess that, I
2: guess I can't tell if this episode is a quirky nostalgia episode or a um, taking apart
1: uh, part of Christian culture episode. Yes. That's a, yes. Okay. Well, because it's it's a personal episode, but it's a personal episode with an overarching theme. Gotcha.
0: I also believe that this came from a good place, and benefits of it were the fact that like didn't end up with a kid. Um, at the end of the day, I'm I'm very much still not ready for that in my life. And so to thought, think about that happening, even in high school, like my God, oh my God. And like, I know people that it happened with, they have kids now and it was fine and all that, but that was just not a thing for me. So if nothing else, it helped with that. Um, I think, like we said earlier, yeah, the focus on it more focusing on it in a negative way. Yeah. Um, in trying to do something positive, I think brought a lot of negatives that a lot of people probably didn't think through. Um, and, and just like, yeah, what you guys were just saying the whole, it was hard to get connected with a, with the person that ended up being my spouse or, you know, connecting with people in relationship, like I didn't date much. And so there's a lot that I didn't learn about myself or how to handle a relationship. And so there's a lot yeah. of things that I've learned with Matt that it's fine that I'm learning it with Matt might've helped us both. If I learned it earlier, yeah. well, it might've um, helped
1: us both. If I had learned things earlier too. Right. Yeah.
0: And so that's, that's a, an unfortunate side effect um, mm-hmm. of how that culture was for us growing up. Um, but well, and
2: we have, to, I think that we have to accept the fact that our perspective is a little different because we don't, we don't have preteen kids. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and none of us had
1: kids when we were preteens. Right. We right. have, we have no negative experience um, to say, yeah. oh, I want someone to not do what I Yeah. Do.
0: Well, but the in, like, it's interesting though, because like my mom will talk about how, well, and her life experience was different, but like her dad told her if you're dating somebody like don't come home with a kid so she didn't come home with a kid. And that was it. Like there was no big, you know, push from anywhere else other than I respect this man and what he has said about me and his household. So this is how I'm going to live. And for a lot of people, I'm sure it could have just taken that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I was going to continue to say is I'm also pro information and giving kids all of the right like all of the information, not just uh, this is bad, stay away from this, yeah, yeah, I, don't know. No, I think that's yeah. good
3: I think that um not only is it good that they didn't have kids, I think that being in a sexual relationship is very intimate, right, and I think that um that it is it is good to encourage people to not throw that away that it that it is important and it is it is sacred and it is something that you should um highly value. And so uh I think that something that was good that came from it uh for me was that I didn't have all of that past baggage of um relationships that I'd been in. Uh Sam and I've talked about this So like we got together, I'd never dated anyone, he'd never dated anyone. We had a lot of growing up and a lot of real life baggage coming into our marriage just because we were 25 and 27 or whatever uh and we'd never been with anybody and so it was just like this baggage of our lives in general and then how much more complicated would our marriage and, have started um, out
2: and two entire sets of kitchen uh, wear. well
3: obviously yes that too uh but then how much more complicated would um that those first couple years of marriage have been sure. if we'd on top of life baggage had past relationship baggage um so i'm very thankful that um that the culture and my life experiences led me to or allowed me to um come into our marriage just just with me and yeah. not with yeah. the however many people i might have dated yeah. And that yeah. doesn't mean that I necessarily would have dated anyone had that culture not existed. I may have still not dated anybody.
1: See, that's that's interesting because I am. I think with, from that perspective, I'm on the other side of it, because like growing up, like my my mom and dad divorced when I was young, and then much later, my mom and dad different dad divorced again. Uh, but like I and then like my uncles all divorced, and my grandparents on my mom's side divorced, and my grandparents on my dad like dad's side divorced. And all of my dad's brothers and sisters divorced except for one. Wow! And so, like I, like I did not see a functioning, healthy relationship. Uh, and I think for me, it would have been very healthy. Like you talked about relationship baggage. Like I had a little bit of that. Because, you had it
3: anyway. Well, I had, I it, had anyway. it because
1: I had no idea how yeah. relationships work. But if I could have been in a relationship that was good, uh, that showed me, like, hey relationships don't have to be like like spiteful and stressful and end in divorce and fighting. Like if I could have been in a relationship like that, even if I didn't end up being like married to that person, that would have been very beneficial to me. Um, that makes sense. And so yeah. I think I, I think that's two sides of that coin is that it's nice not to have baggage. Um, and I think we, we kind of touched on this a little, a little earlier, but being in a relationship with someone or dating people, uh, I, I would say even more casually than like, going steady but just dating people uh, I think that allows you to explore yourself more closely uh, because even sharing just a tiny bit of yourself like I'm going to go out to eat one-on-one with this person so nothing crazy like even that little bit of like that intimacy like you're able to see a little bit of yourself better uh, because you've shared that with somebody else but it's all a matter of how you do it because if you if you're in a whole bunch of bad relationships. Well, yeah. Then you're gonna have like you're gonna have a lot of baggage that's bad. But if you're able, to, if you're fortunate enough, which it's really hard to do this on purpose, but like if you're fortunate enough to be like around yeah. and connected to people that like actually care about you, even if it didn't end in a in like in a permanent relationship, uh, I think those just like those experiences can be bad. I think those experiences can also be positive, positive. Uh, and it just ends up depending on who you're lucky enough to have in your life um, and where you happen to find yourself at the time. Like it's
2: point being that growing up sucks. Yes. And <laughs> yes. we're all just figuring it out still. Yeah. But I think, and you're going to get baggage one way or another. You're going to get other. baggage yeah. from
1: something. And if it's, if it's not baggage from a relationship, it's baggage because your parents weren't perfect or it's baggage because friends were mean or it's baggage because, like the lottery of life decided to not do well to you. Or
2: again, maybe because you have a weird looking face.
1: Maybe because you have a weird looking face or you have a big head or (laughs) your, you have lady fingers or you have strong fingernails or you have a weird chest. Like any of those things, not specific to me, of course, could give you baggage, but I will, I will say that I'm happy where I ended up regardless of how bad it was because I like my wife. So uh, we're going to end this episode with a, another segment. Who would win? Who would win? Okay, so I'm going to let you guys choose. I have a, a suggestion from uh, hopefully listener Ashley. And then a suggestion from listener Chris Nash. Do you guys want to do... Mm-hmm. Abstraction versus details, or medieval knight versus Velociraptor
0: dinosaurs. Duh.
1: And remember, it's who would win in a fight, not which is most useful in a fight. Who would win in a fight?
3: Alana said, "Medieval knight versus Velociraptor."
1: All right. So, uh, as a, as a reminder, we'll do medieval knight versus Velociraptor. Is who would win in a fight? The
3: nice thing is these people are both armored. The medieval knight and the Velociraptor both have some I feel like some some I mean, he has like some scales. Not like and, dragon scales. No, I know, but, but metal I mean like their thick skin. Thick yeah. skin. Yeah. I mean, uh yeah. And and you know, medieval knights are used to fighting dragons and Velociraptors are used to fighting T Rexes. So they both have some some uh <laughs> skills <laughs> in the <laughs> According to Jurassic Park, she's not wrong. In the uh this fight, is a the single fighting one this on is one. a
2: single velociraptor against a medieval knight. Yeah. 100 out of 100 times the medieval knight wins.
1: And I agree mm. with Sam. And the reason for that, because velociraptors are not that big.
2: They're like the size of chickens.
1: Yeah, they're very small. The velociraptors in Jurassic Park were more like Utah raptors, but they called them velociraptors because it sounded
3: better. Oh, See, so that's why I'm getting my information wrong. Yeah. Oh, trick, I've trick been question. lied to my whole so life. So according
1: to the technical rules...
3: Fine, I'm going to go with the medieval knight because medieval it's knight. like it's ten like of, the ten out
2: of ten. The, but let's but let's let's say let's for say, the sake of this segment, let's say that it is one Velociraptor from Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park that is a, a little higher than a man.
3: Is the medieval knight on or a horse?
2: Uh, no, I don't
1: no. think he is. Okay, no. Then he well, just yeah, knights up. had horses, but it doesn't say knight. Of so the you're horse. taking him off his horse. It okay. just says knight. All right. Well,
3: then I'm going to go with the Velociraptor.
1: I'm still going to go with the. Knight. I still go with medieval knight because he has a sword. Because what the Velociraptor is going to have to do—why does he have a
3: sword though? Because no, knights knight. have
1: swords. That's that knights have swords. They have a sword. Yeah, they have long swords. That's the thing. Because like the, what the what the Velociraptor is going to have to do is it's going to have to attack the knight and then without getting hurt itself, try to get through the armor and then kill him.
0: Or just bite his head off, like.
1: But velociraptors are no one. They don't have the biting pressure to bite a head off in general. He bit that man's head off in he, the. Yeah, he did. B- in, bite the bite the oh, really? in the did jungle. Oh, really? Did he bite the head off, or did he eventually tear it off after he killed his? He prey? picked up. He like yeah. He killed Newman. He, oh no, that was the T Rex.
0: No, I'm talking about She's talking the about clever Samuel girl, girl guy. No, he didn't
1: get his head eaten off. What are you talking about?
0: I'm not going no, to argue Jurassic Park more with you, Matthew.
1: Show me a picture of his head.
0: I still think here that I'm, I'm pro-Velociraptor because, first of all, of how quick they were. Yeah, they're very are. speedy. That's true. And so, uh, I feel like
1: they would work against him with a sword. Just...
0: No. I don't think a human being is going to land the type of sword hit that it needs But I can to see hit. a
2: Velociraptor like jumping up into the air, landing on the knight, and knocking him over. But I think that the knight still can cut the Velociraptor before the Velociraptor can get through the armor. Yes. That's what I think. I am. The other danger
3: is, what if the knight just stood there with his hand up? Like Chris Pratt does. Oh, come on. <laughs> and then the, the Velociraptor's like, okay, Chris Pratt I can't do anything now. Chris Pratt those
2: Velociraptors Velociraptor from eggs.
1: Well, but all he totally had to do different. is
3: be the alpha. So what if the knight just mm. shows that he's the alpha and then the Velociraptor like out, like, just quick lays down? In,
1: and the Velociraptor's like, oh, I can't, I can't, oh no, he punched me twice in the face. Go, he's
3: clearly an alpha, so I can't mm. do anything now. Hmm.
1: I think I think everything is leaning towards Medieval Knight. Medieval Knight. Medieval I think knight.
2: it's, let, let's take an official ATTR vote. Full I, Sam? I vote Medieval
1: Knight. Hannah?
3: I'm still going to go Velociraptor.
1: Medieval Knight. Hey, Alana?
3: Velociraptor.
0: It is
1: a split decision. Uh, you should let us know on Facebook or reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Uh, since it's a split, who would win? A medieval knight or a velociraptor specifically from, from Jurassic yes. Park? Right. Uh,
2: all right. Uh, that Can I, I pick which medieval knight it is? Yes. Okay. I want it to be uh,
0: what? Oh, the blue sure. knight from medieval Go ahead. times?
2: No, no, no. I want it to be uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. From, uh, what's the one with Sean Connery well, and like, Richard obviously Gere. he
0: wins uh,
1: because Sean Connery night. wins everything. Yeah, first night. Okay, well, fine. Well, because he's the star of the show, he's not going to die until the end. Fine. If he dies. Spoiler fine. alert.
0: I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember.
1: <laughs> okay, so that is the end of the episode. Uh, I wanna... What if it's
0: Heath Ledger from... Uh, a Knight's Tale.
1: Uh, the Velociraptor kills him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's dead. Ow. I'm glad how quickly we're like, oh, he's gone. Yeah,
2: it's all over. That, listen, that girl blacksmith is really good, but she's not good enough to make armor a Velociraptor can't get through. Yeah.
3: But, but he th- is faster with the armor. Well,
2: also, all he has is that mobile. long, all, that stupid long stick and no horse. Right. It's over. Velociraptor. Knock him over on his back, cut out his the tendons in the
1: back of his knees. Game over. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Later, that dude. That Velociraptor
3: is very violent.
1: So that brings us to the end of this episode. I want to thank uh, Alana, our social media manager on Instagram, and Hannah, the producer, for coming. Thank you, ladies.
0: No, thank you. <laughs> At welcome. first I
1: thought you were just saying no to my thank you. Like, oh, well. All right, then.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: No, you will not thank me. Um, All right. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Bye. everybody.
2: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast. If you'd like to contact the hosts, Matt is on Twitter at Matt ATTR and Sam is at SamJATTR. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, let's all play According to the Technical Rules.